This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280. The Zone, uh, Sounds of the Week right there, brought to you by Davis Vision. Their summer LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses, save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Yep. That's all you it got. Is. That's all you got for me, huh? That's it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's time for your daily assist. Let's get to it. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Happy Friday, Howard. How about them, Jazz? <laughs> How about them? Happy Friday, guys. <laughs> happier for you uh, in general. It's a happy Friday and, and uh, certainly happier with the Jazz um, doing as well as they are, I would assume. Yeah, are I, are I, you seeing what you thought you'd see, Howard? No. No. I, I'm not. Um, and oh, Hang on a second. Sorry. Um, no, I mean, it's not that I, I'm surprised by anything the Jazz are doing. It's more just surprised at, you know, the, the you know, the state of the series at this point, um, which is not a reflection on them, just the fact that I, I thought things were a little bit more evenly matched. Um, but, you know, things go this way um, at times, and it can tip in a hurry. And, you know, we'll see where it goes from here as, as the series shifts to L.A., um, you know, the Clippers have shown that bounce-back ability before, obviously, uh, very recently, going down 2-0 and then 3-2 um, against Dallas. So we'll, we'll see if there's another gear for them. But so far, just you know, impressive all the way around for, for Utah. Howard Beck is with us, uh, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. Uh, Sam Amick, who uh, you know uh, we have also on uh, weekly with our daily assist, he said last night Donovan Mitchell has been the best player in these playoffs so far. Would you agree with that? Ooh, uh, so Sam stopped short of uh, Stephen A's declaration that Donovan Mitchell is now the greatest jazz player in the history. <laughs> oh, he we, did. We, not, just totally history of, <laughs> not just in the history of the franchise, but in the history of also jazz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he stopped short of there, yeah. He didn't quite go Wait, there. did he beat out Herb Alpert? Did he beat out, who else, uh, Louis Armstrong? Dizzy Louis? Gillespie, yeah. Oh. All, all, all of them, everybody. Not Carl Malone, John Stockton, everybody who's ever played jazz, sung jazz, experimented with jazz, listened to jazz. I believe Stephen A. has declared him better than all of them. Um, is he the best player in these playoffs so far? I mean, I haven't looked at the, the, the list just to, to compare stats, but I mean, off the top of my head, I'd be hard-pressed to name anybody who's, who's done better. Um, you know, Kevin Durant has been spectacular, 
Um, so I, you know, I, I, has he has he been better than Durant? Has he been better than Joel Embiid? Um, I mean, he, he's in. It, you know, it, I, I think there's a conversation there for sure. Um, and especially if we're going to limit it to obviously the teams that are still alive, you know, um, just the eight teams that are left. Um, so, I mean, he's he's right there. Here's here's his justification. Just to throw this out there because he he threw some stats out. He said six games, a six and zero record, thirty two point seven points per, forty eight point two percent overall, forty one point nine percent from three, five point three assists, three rebounds, thirty eight percent usage rate, two wins over the Clippers without Mike Conley. Yes, that is a strong case. Um, I do not have Durant's numbers in front of me, but I I, I assume they're they're equally gaudy. <laughs> yeah. So Howard, is are you seeing out of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert what what you need to see? We've had this conversation whether the Jazz have the stars necessary to uh, to, to to bridge the gaps when a team is not necessarily performing at its peak to help them along the way, and then when the team is doing well, then of course they thrive. But are you seeing enough to to believe that maybe this is a pretty good combination in that regard? Well, I think the, the you know the question is has always been, and it kind of goes to you know Shaq's semi hyperbolic you know question or or framework that he you know threw out there earlier this season, um, and even though I thought that was not the best way to to ask it, and it wasn't the right question or it wasn't a fair one, um, it provides a useful framework in this regard, which is um, there are various calibers of star in this league, and and you know we can separate them into tiers, and. You know, there are certain guys who have proven it at the highest possible level, or we know there's a track record of being able just to take over not just any game, but the most important games. And so is there a difference between what we've seen from Donovan Mitchell the first you know, few years uh, in the league and especially in the regular season versus what he's doing now? Yes, but qualitatively, not quantitatively. The stats are obviously higher, too, which is a big deal. But qualitatively, it matters more. It matters more in the postseason. And so especially against a team like the Clippers that ever since Paul George and Kawhi Leonard came together have been considered, you know, among the favorites to win it all. Whereas the jazz have have not been put in that conversation because we weren't sure if Donovan Mitchell could play at the level of a Kawhi Leonard or a Paul George or a LeBron or whoever else. And that was kind of the, the, the gist of what Shaq was trying to ask, albeit not gracefully a couple months back. And so here we are. Donovan Mitchell is playing at that level and putting him on his back. And for a team that does not have any other elite scorers, right? It's elite shooters. Yes. A bunch of other really capable players. Yes. Another elite score. No. And so he, you know, it, it, he needs to, I think, elevate to the extent that he has, and he's done it and he's hitting big shots, timely shots. And I think all of that matters. And I think all of that elevates his stature so that the next time people are assessing, well, do the jazz have that guy, not just an all-star, but a potential superstar, I think he'll be evaluated differently if he continues to put up numbers like this, performances like this, and if the Jazz beat the Clippers and end up in the conference finals for the first time in however many years it's been. Howard, I want to ask you about the Jazz defensive performance against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and your thoughts on, on those two because neither one of them have scored 30 points yet in this series and Kawhi specifically has been quiet in the in, down the stretch, which certainly wasn't the case against Dallas. But uh, your thoughts on the defense? Yeah, no, I think they've – I mean, 
we knew the, the Jazz were elite defensively, and we knew that it's, it's team defense, and a lot of that stems from you know what Rudy Gobert can do, and it allows other guys to um, a certain amount of, of, of uh, safety net, wiggle room, um, and and to be aggressive, knowing that if you're overly aggressive, you've got you've got him behind you. Um, it, it's different when you're trying to stop some of the best players, some of the best uh, offensive players in the league, night after night. Um, and that's why sometimes teams that were looked elite defensively in the regular season it doesn't necessarily always hold up in the postseason. What they're doing against Kawhi and Paul George has been incredibly impressive, and I think you know notably, like Bogdanovich is just playing his rear off um, against them. And so um, you knew Royce O'Neal, like that's his calling card, and you know there's other guys who are going to play hard on, on defense, even if it's not a strength. And, and I think you know. Boyan is not somebody who's necessarily been known for that, but you know he'll work at it. But um, I think I think the, the effort he's put in and been really effective, making Kawhi give up the ball at times um, down the stretch. I, I think that's been uh, incredibly impressive. But I would just say that the, the, the Clippers are weird, right? Like they, they, you know, for the last two seasons, it's been hard to gauge them. And when they were down 2-0 to Dallas, it really looked like they were cooked. And they were they were not only down 2-0 to Dallas, they were down 2-0 to Dallas and then down by like 20 points within the first five minutes of game three and looked like they might just go on to get swept. And instead, that series goes seven. Um, they win two straight elimination games, and Kawhi Leonard was spectacular in those games. And so sometimes it just takes a while or, or just takes the right night for Kawhi Leonard to do his thing. And so... Um, I, I'm sure Quinn Snyder's telling his guys not to be too, you know, too cocky about what they've accomplished so far. That Kawhi's got another gear, and we may still see it. That's interesting. That last part, Howard, because the Jazz have shown very little inclination to celebrate at all. They seem pretty focused from that standpoint. So we'll we'll see how that turns out. Uh, I know you don't have the statistical data in your pocket. You can pull it right out, but I, I want to sort of get from you your impression about something. The Jazz came back from a 13-point deficit in the first game, and then last night they had a 21-point lead in the second half, and they gave it up, and the Clippers took a two-point lead. Uh, My question to you is, in your experience of watching games, when teams give up 21-point leads in the second half, do they... Are they able to turn that boat around usually? Or it seems like usually they lose, and the Jazz did turn it around and obviously finish strong. Yeah, I've seen various versions of that. You know, um, you get up big on a team because you got off to a hot start. The other team, just whatever reason, you know, uh, they slept too late. They, their nap went too long, something. And they're just like in a funk to start a game. They get in a big hole, but they're a potent offensive team, and they come back. And then, and then you have what you expected, a tighter game. And then it just becomes more about who's winning the final five minutes of the game or the fourth quarter or something. So, I've, And I've seen that happen, too. You know, you have these large swings in games, especially in the playoffs where everybody's good. And, you know, I think the important thing when you're assessing your team is like, well, how, how well do we, we, do we absorb that? How resilient are we? Um, can we take the, the counter punch and then not get deflated, not get back on our heels and still finish the game out? So... You know, I, I think the the positive thing is like you know it's, it's the NBA, and especially in a three point era, you know, big leads can vanish quickly. So I don't ever think that that's a, any sign of of um, trouble or, or um, it's not an indictment of a team that that happens. What's important is that you can absorb it because it's it's going to happen. Teams make runs. That's just the way this league goes. I like that point you made at the end there, Howard, especially because last night Reggie Jackson went nuts. 
and uh, scored 29 points and was hitting everything under the sun. So, yeah, that three-point thing, <laughs> that works pretty well when it's going well. Yeah, and it's, you know, it, it's it's funny. There's so many things about the game and the way that it's evolved and uh, or the way the game is played today that makes it sometimes hard for those of us who watched for a long time to gauge. Like when you think, oh, a 20-point lead, well, that's massive. Well, yeah, at one point in time, you know, 20 points would be, would be a massive lead to overcome. But it, it really can go quickly in today's game because of the three and how effective teams are at, at using it and how willing they are to use it in a way that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, I'm not saying that a 20-point lead was ever insurmountable, but it was more, it was harder to surmount 10, 15 years ago than it is in today's game. Well, Howard, as always, thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. See you, Howard. Our friend Howard Beck, senior NBA writer from Sports Illustrated. You know, you know how you can measure time flying? Is It seems like we talk to Howard almost every day, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, the, the weeks feel, do fly by. They do go by quick. That is uh, that is a fact. But uh, good to hear from uh, good to hear from Howard Beck, as always every Friday. Uh, joining us usually joins us at four, going a little bit early this week. Yeah. Uh, tonight's game, Gordon, Denver and Phoenix. Denver sounds so, uh, are good, man. So you're taking Phoenix? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know whether I don't know how these things will go because there's a lot of back and forth. I just think the Suns are dangerous. You do love Devin Booker. I, I don't love Devin Booker. I just note that the Jazz could have had him. And then wouldn't have Donovan Mitchell. Maybe, and, maybe not. You don't know that for a fact. <laughs> you mean because they the guy they drafted instead of Devin Booker, they traded for Donovan Mitchell? I mean, yeah, that's pretty yeah, Maybe they, that's pretty solid maybe there. Maybe they would have traded someone else. Who? I don't know. Elijah Millsap? They traded I mean, Trey Lyles. I mean— <laughs> Who How was, hard is that to replicate? It was a, he was a first round pick the year before. Jake, you're forgetting do, uh, Randy Foy. Oh yeah, it was Randy Foy. Uh, how about Andres <laughs> Biedrens? Was he on the roster at that point? <laughs> yeah, that, that was <laughs> that, that was just. You have to have yeah. an asset to trade for an asset. Brandon Rush, anybody? Anybody? No, no, nobody. Maybe they could have flipped Tony Bradley at that point. Oh no, that was Tony Bradley's draft. Twelve. That was his draft. <laughs> In the Donovan Mitchell drafted, weren't he and Tony in the same draft? He was. Do you think those two could play together? Donovan and Devin Booker? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Probably not. Devin Booker likes to shoot too much. (laughs) I don't think he'd fit into the team philosophy with the Jazz anyway. He's a ball hog. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, ironic that you criticized Jordan Clarkson for being a ball hog, yet love Devin Booker. I don't love Devin Booker. I just think he's a very talented guy. I think Jordan Clarkson, what do you mean? I'm just joking around with the ball hog. That's thing. not true. Well, a little bit. <laughs> I love it. Jordan Clarkson's one of my favorite uh, guys to watch. He just, you know. Well, just because of your son's, son's love, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but go Nuggets. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Hope did you, Devin did you Booker record that. Hope Devin Booker has three points tonight. <laughs> like it's not like, like I like love Trey Young. Devin Booker. He he seems like kind of a what's the word? Prima donna. Is that the word? You just you just think very fondly of him. I mean, if no, you no, date I a Kardashian, that, that's that's my point. I think he's kind of. I can't think of the word. Um, Soft. Best player in the league. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he's overrated. Kinda, 
Churlish? Is that a word? A I've petul- never heard petul- those words. Petulant? A petulant? Yeah. He's petulant? Yeah. Devin Booker? Yeah. I don't know. Them's fighting words, aren't they? <laughs> you know what you are? You're petulant. Then you're throwing. That's... I gotta look up what that means. Exactly. Isn't it? You're a petulant child. Isn't yeah, that yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Kind of, yeah. I didn't mean it as a compliment. Oh, let's see. A person, let's see, or manner childishly sulking or bad tempered. Gordon's fun facts. Fun facts with Gordon. I, I thought you were gonna say you, th- you think he's dreamy. <laughs> no, no, he's a good player though. Why are you ripping on Devin Booker? Because you, you love him so much. I don't love him. Why you love him so much? All I said was the Jazz could have had him. Which is and, exactly what you say every time his name's mentioned, and and you not. know that 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 implies the the you think he's great. It would be a wonderful really, addition to really any good. team. And uh, I I think he is a little bit of a difficult personality, but oh well. Who had a chance to take him again? The Jazz. Oh, you don't say. I, I didn't know that. Austin? I, I, for one, am glad they took Trey Lyles so they could have Donovan Mitchell. Bingo. Well, one doesn't Bingo. absolutely preclude the other. It does. It, it does not. Why would they have drafted Devin Booker and then they, Donovan Mitchell? They wouldn't have, is well, the answer. Well, to that. And I, they wouldn't have had the yeah, asset to trade for it in the first on. place. Yes. They yeah. didn't. Trey Lyles sucked. Come on. And they flipped him for Donovan Mitchell. Right. Well, yeah, but that, that, uh, I'm talking about the pick itself. Well, they didn't know about Donovan Mitchell at that point. Do you think they were sitting there going, well, you know, we're going to get Donovan Mitchell next time round, so let's go ahead and go with uh, Trey Lyles now. Yeah, but with the, the benefit of, of hindsight, had they done what you advocated for, Donovan Mitchell would not be on the team. So Gordon, maybe, maybe not. I don't see, know. nice dodge. <laughs> he wouldn't be. And I, I hate it how we get bogged down into that in this discussion. Yeah, but you sit there and say, I love Devin Booker. I don't love Devin Booker. I but just think he's a really good player. You think the Jazz should have drafted him, and you're not going to let anybody Wait, forget that. Well, yeah, they should have. <laughs> see? So they, uh, ma- they made see? a mistake by well, drafting Trey Lyles. Yes. But turned that mistake yes. into Donovan I, Mitchell. I agree with both of those things. Who is better than Devin Booker? Yeah, I probably agree with that too. But he's no Count Basie, as so Howard Beck told us. Not a mistake. <laughs> In fact, you could argue, if you uh, side with Stephen A. Smith on things, that uh, not doing what you think they should have done by drafting Devin Booker was actually the best thing the franchise had ever done. They didn't know that at the time of the pick. But what they it? looked at Trey Lyles and said, this guy is more valuable to us than that guy. But as it turns out, not a mistake. <laughs> At the time, it was a mistake. As it turns out, <laughs> get out of here. Not it was a mistake. A, it was a bad pick, and turned out wonderful. Well, yeah. I, again, both things can be true. Yeah, but you can't really criticize the bad pick. Yeah, if you it, can. If only a year later, it turned into something amazing. It, it was a bad pick, but that expired. That expired. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I, I, that's so why why talk about it? it's like it's twenty twenty one. I made a mistake two years ago when I bought way too much yogurt. It expired and I threw it out and I haven't thought of it until just right now. And somehow turned out to benefit you because you I don't know uh, had new, more space in the fridge yeah, for but, right. other things. But is your yogurt 
looking delectable somewhere on another team right now in the playoffs? A team that is going to, if the Jazz get through this series, is going to present a great challenge? My yogurt's not Devin Booker. My yogurt's Trey Lyles. Oh, okay. All right. The criticism of taking Trey Lyles. I got you. Okay, we're going to put the brakes on this. (laughs) I'm sorry for misunderstanding. (laughs) He's a good boy, but he don't listen, right? (laughs) Just don't tell me I love uh, Devin Booker. You do, though. I don't. You like like his well, personality kind of. You either me. love Devin Booker or you love holding this one draft pick over the Jazz head so much that it comes up all the time. I just, I, I just in my mind's eye, I can't. I know I have the benefit of hindsight, but at the time of the draft, I was sitting there going, "Okay, Devin Booker's available. Why would you pick Trey Lyles?" But it turns out that you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> not, you in the, not in the moment. If they would have listened to you in the moment, they wouldn't have the best player in franchise history, according oh. to Stephen A. Smith. Better so, than Count Basie? Stay Better tuned. than Duke Ellington? More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point belt. Belt, belt. Jazz up two games to none on the L.A. Clippers after winning last night at Vivid Arena 117-111 to in the waning seconds of the game. Donovan Mitchell collided with Paul George and appeared to uh, be limping when he got up. Donovan talked about the injury. I got hit and it hurt, um, but I'm fine now. I'm, I walked in here. If you want me to sprint for you, I can. I'm good. Um, you know, thankful it wasn't bad and move on and get ready for, for game three. Speaking of Game 3, it is coming your way. Tomorrow night tip-off will be at 6.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 5. And according to reports, Mike Conley has indeed traveled with the team. So we'll see what his status is uh, coming up for Game 3. This update brought to you by Mountain Land Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is Friday. That means Gordon's list. And I understand we have a couple more items for the old list. We do. And one of them is what you just mentioned there in that uh, report, that update. Mike Conley traveling with the team to Los Angeles. Jake, what does that mean for the Jazz? Do you think he's on the verge? I mean, is it one of those deals where, well, they'll use him if they need him. They've beat the Clippers twice without him. And... So they have options here, or what do you think is going on? 
Well, first of all, shout out to Sarah Todd, who uh, had that report about Mike traveling with the with the Jazz. She's going to be on the show coming up at four. And the answer is, Gordon, I have no clue. I mean, isn't Mike Conley also the type of dude who, even when uh, laid up a little bit, wants, travel, to be involved. wants to be with the team and travel with the team and that yeah, sort good of thing? Point. I, I mean, I, I have no idea. Uh, I would guess he wants to play as soon as he's able, and they'll measure that how they measure it before game time. Based on what you've seen in this series thus far, how will Mike Conley make a difference? By being Mike Conley? What what will he do that will change <laughs> uh, the way the Jazz look offensively? For example, they'd be a lot more equipped to attack that zone with Mike Conley. <laughs> I mean, I so, yeah. <laughs> and we talked about it the other day. You know, if you, you can look at the analytics and that sort of thing in the plus minus and how the team does with Mike on the floor and all these geeky ways to measure it. But use your eyeballs for a moment. When you, Next time Mike's playing, he runs that offense. He knows the offense. He's comfortable in it. He runs it really, really well um, when he has the ball and when he doesn't have the ball. I mean, he's a... You know, he's a pretty cerebral player, yeah. and now that he gets the concepts. Who was it? Was it uh, Calkins that we were talking to who says that uh, Conley is an even better fit for what Quinn Snyder's doing than he was in Memphis? I think it was Calkins. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, which is interesting because that wasn't true right at the beginning, right? Right. That's It was and the exact so, opposite. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's Rob Fisher. It was it Rob yep. Fisher mm-hmm. uh, who joined us. The studio host. That's yeah. right. That's right. And Rob said this offense is better for him than even that was. And thus, you know, he makes an all-star team. That's that's pretty good proof in the pudding. But the point is, he's a really good player, and they could absolutely use him in most any scenario. You know what game I think really illustrates what you just talked about was the game against the Grizzlies when he had 15 assists. It looks so smooth. Yeah, absolutely. It, it just looked the way it was supposed to look. It looked the way you draw it up. And the way Mike was doing it was – I don't want to use the word casual because that sells him short a little bit, but it was, it was comfortable. Um, it was almost oh, that. What is the best word for that? Because I know exactly what you're talking about. It was almost effortless. It came yeah. easy. Yeah. And not that the other team was not playing well. It just he made made the right decisions. Knew where to go. Knew where to go with the ball. Knew what he was going to do. I mean, he's been a big part of the success of this team this year. So. No doubt. Anytime that they can get him back, if he's able to go, it's going to benefit the team. So let me ask you this. The Jazz are up 2-zip. They were up 3-1 a year ago. With this lead that they're creating for themselves, will the pressure mount? Or do you think they're not even thinking about that? Quinn Snyder keeps saying it's a different team, uh, and he has his reasons to say that. But do you think that with a big lead that – They'll, in their quiet moments, moments reflect back on what happened in the bubble? No. no. Uh, will the pressure mount? Yeah. Because uh, I think those like, are true. Like essentially saying, man, if we blow it again. Um, I guess I'd look at it this way. Like, of course the pressure is going to mount. You're in the NBA playoffs and you're trying right, to close but, out the Clippers to go to the Western Conference Finals. Of course. But I is, mean unique to Are that they worried that they're going to blow it? Yeah. I doubt they're thinking about it. They're certainly not thinking about it that way. <laughs> Why would they be? I, I'm not, I'm, you know, it's because it's human. I mean, it's not like, you know, me with putting. Like, oh, I'm going to blow this. I'm certainly going to three putt from there. I mean, <laughs> from, come on, uh, that's from not. 10 feet. I don't think that's what this, that's, that's not what this team has been all about. If anything, they've used the bubble experience as a motivation of, of 
Yeah. We've we've been through it. We know what not to do. We know how that feels, so we're not going to do that again. Not this dread that it's going to happen again. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And I, I believe what you just said. I just wonder, is it a part of human nature to sit there? Let's say they had a 3-1 lead in this series. Would the thought cross their minds? You mean like they did against the Memphis series and then, you know, went ahead and closed them out? <laughs> yeah, but it's just more present with the Clippers because both of these teams suffered the same fate. I <clears throat> I think that's something that we talk about. I don't think that's something that they're... Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, they're they're focused on other things. All right, Jake, so the Bucks beat the Nets. Um, I didn't see one minute of that game. I watched uh, quite a bit of it. Um, well, not quite a bit of it, but uh, certainly the end before the Jazz game started. Did uh, what were your impressions? Now, obviously, the Bucks got down and dirty with their defense. Yeah, they uglied it up, and they had their two best players, you know, carry the load, which is probably what you have to do to be, to beat the Nets in the first place, right? Did it change your idea about what – I mean, I, we thought this was going to be a really good series. And then after what happened in those initial games, we kind of thought, whoa. So does this uh, does this flip you back to where you were pre-start? Oh, man. Not not really. But do you know what it does is prove that the there is – you can limit the Nets with good defense. I mean, it's proof that two out of three of those guys aren't invincible. Okay. Yeah. Any other observations? Not really. Other than Giannis isn't really a go-to guy down the stretch because he can't shoot. <laughs> Middleton was their dude, and Drew Holiday was the one who hit the go-ahead layup. So they didn't really go to Giannis down the stretch. I think this is an issue like, uh, for example, Ben Simmons is going to run into that uh, they're not as useful to their team in the waning moments because of their lack of abilities to shoot. And in Ben Simmons' case, the other team – going hack a Ben, which was uh, <laughs> disastrous for them earlier in the playoffs. So, you know, that's one thing. If you want to bend this into a Donovan Mitchell conversation, that's one thing the Jazz, with their number one guy, don't have. They don't have that problem. Okay, three more things real quick, all right? Do you think everyone's taking notice of the Jazz? Are, are people, I mean, and, and by people, I mean casual people out there, are they going, wow, those Jazz are good? You think it's spreading? Uh, let's see. Is it too I, early still? Um, I don't know. This is one of those, uh, I mean, haven't they noticed it already? I mean, this is like the same conversation we had know. yesterday about Donovan Mitchell. Some people uh, don't pay attention. But I'm trying to find, um, I can't, well, I saw some ratings for, for the games last night and the Jazz had the most highly rated game oh, of they? the night. Mm-hmm. And I apologize. I'll see if I can't find those exact numbers. But I mean, if you go by that sort of thing, people were watching last night. All right, and then two uh, not sports-related things. They are not the not sports report, but they're on the list. Jake, what's the deal with sinkholes? I I don't know, Gordon. What is Have the Have you deal? heard about the one that's going on in Mexico right now? It's bigger than a football field. The, the, I mean, the ground is just sinking away. What's the deal? Do you know anything about that? Not really, no. Do you? Do we need uh, Bill Guy, Bill Nye, the science guy, in here? Austin, you know anything about sinkholes? Uh, just the, a matter of uh, it's just a matter of time before I learn more <laughs> through experience. I'm sure. <laughs> you know, I, if anybody will run into one, it's Austin. <laughs> Is Austin Salas going to 
disappear into a sinkhole? Wait, you just cursed me. You did. I now kinda, now I who's kinda, cursing who? Yeah, I kind of did what Jake did to Mike Connolly. Uh, all right. And then, okay, I'll save the other one for later. Maybe I'll use it for the non-sports sport because it's kind of interesting. I want to get your opinion on that and our listeners' opinion as well. All right, TV sports on Thursday real quick. Clippers, Jazz on ESPN, 4.49 million viewers. Nets, one Bucks, more time, what was it? 4.49 million. Oh. Nets, Bucks, 3.79 million. Softball, 1.565 million. Hockey, 1.265 million. U.S. Women's National Team versus Portugal, 383,000. And track and field on ESPN2, 236,000. 236,000 people like watching track, huh? Pretty amazing that hockey lost to softball, no? Yeah. I mean, no offense to the fine <laughs> collegiate softball players out there, but isn't hockey supposed to be like the uh, an American major sport? Yeah, yeah, but that was the national championship game, wasn't it, or something like that? I don't know. I didn't watch. <laughs> we, I didn't watch we, any we softball. Paid, we paid a lot. Oklahoma won it. All, <laughs> it was, right? yeah. or or any hockey for that matter. Maybe which Florida State apparently the Avs got eliminated last night. Well, yeah, because I could tell. Are you bombing? The, yeah. I but, thought I thought we were going to do it this year. I knew exactly when the Avalanche lost because uh, I saw the tears in Eric Jensen's eyes and on his Twitter. Uh, oh, I didn't see his Twitter. Oh yeah, he had you? a whole video. Were there tears? I was, was just joking about that. It was a less that. than fun fact. Did you commiserate with him? Uh, I, you know, just, well, there's always next year, pal. You know what was really weird about it, honestly, is one, at one moment, Eric, who he was a part-time producer, he was doing the Bees game. At one moment, he had an Avalanche jersey on, and then the next time I saw him, he had taken it off, <laughs> which means he had he had come with a change of clothes to the to the office, which I found quite strange. Or did he just take it off and he had a shirt on underneath it? That's what it was, but still... <laughs> You thought, wait, you they award, lost, so I guess you have a wardrobe closet in here. <laughs> it's got a Z rack back there. You know. you know, even though they lost, you can still wear the jersey. I feel. I is that okay to go ahead and take it off, or is that sort of a fan no-no? You know, don't aren't you supposed to wear your colors no matter what? You know, not in his case. No, I say, is that permissible? Yeah, sometimes you need a break from each other. I don't know. From you and your team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't worn an Angels thing in a while because it just doesn't make me feel good. Well, your assessment of the problem is way off. Why did I bring this up? Pitching isn't the problem. It's Mike Trout. He sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, he hasn't had a hit in weeks. <laughs> well, he is hurt. Oh, well, there's that. Yeah. Uh, market update coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Oh, hey, guys. Jake here from my friends at Peach Building Products. And listen, uh, these guys at Peach Building Products are just incredible. They're Utah's premier window and door retailing company. They combine beauty and technology on windows and doors. They've been doing it since 1993. Just the other day, I was over at their gorgeous showroom just off 3rd West and 2940 South. You need to drop by and see what they're doing because it's incredible. They have custom jobs for you. They're, of course, the uh, they are a turnkey company from sales to installation. And listen, they're not doing that high-pressure sales. They're going to make sure that you get what you want, and they're going to be with you the entire way, meaning no subcontractors, no ghosting. They'll sell you the windows and doors. Their crew will install them and back it up with guarantees designed to bring peace of mind to satisfied customers. They're doing it different, people. They're doing it from start to finish and with the best customer service around. In fact, Cindy, the wonderful owner of Peach uh, Building Products. 
She believes in talking to people. I know it's crazy. If you call, you will talk to a human being and they will help work out with whatever issue you need. So check them out. Peach Building Products. Again, that uh, address, if you want to go by their showroom, 2940 South 300 West, you can call them 801-556-1255 or check out their great website, peachbuildingproducts.com. That's peachbuildingproducts.com. This is Utah Jazz Playoff Basketball on the Zone Sports Network. The Utah Jazz brilliant shooting in game two carried them to a 117-111 win over the LA Clippers and they now lead the series two games to none. Game three is Saturday in Los Angeles right here on 1280 The Zone and 97.5. When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every moment on The Zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sarah Todd of the Deseret News is going to join the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Ben Anderson of KSLSports.com will join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. I think we're catching Ben at the airport, so we'll ask him how it's going there, how life at LAX is. The worst airport ever. Sadly, it'll be still this airport. That's Uh, why he's able to join us. I see, I see. Got it bumped. There you go. Oh, bumped. That's never fun. Uh, but looking forward, certainly, to talking to Ben at 5 and uh, Sarah coming up at uh, uh, the top of the 4 o'clock hour. But right now, it's time for a market update brought to you by TryDayTrading.com. Now, e- anyone, you, could be a day trader. Visit TryDayTrading.com. Here's the markets today. The Dow Jones up 13.36 points. You got that right. S&P 500 up 8.26 points. Viola. <laughs> I like that one. And the NASDAQ up 49.09 points. Boing, boing. That, one, that one was solid, too. A play-by-play announcer edition there. That was good. Clowkey, Locke, and Gerard. How about that? We've got a lot of strong play-by-play around here. The three good voices right there. Our guy, uh, Clowkey, right in the thick of it. Yeah, we're miss- I would love to have Gordon do play-by-play. Has he ever done play-by-play? I'm not sure, but I'm I'm certain it would go viral. I've done it enough to know I'm really bad at it. <laughs> Have you? It's a different skill than hosting a radio show. Yeah. It's a way different skill. Surprisingly, last time I did it, I sounded like I had zero energy. But you felt like you were I felt overselling like, it? I yeah. felt like I had plenty of energy, and then I went and listened to it again, and it's like... And the pass. Let's see, who was it on that play? It was Redbird. Redbird was the hawk hawk in the right place at the right time. I guess that's what they say. say. A bird in the hand is worth a ball on the carpet. (laughs) So, Bird gets the uh, on the fumble recovery. (laughs) We got a timeout on the play. (laughs) Disaster. That was a classic. Classic. All right. Sarah Todd. Desiree News. She's better. Covers the jazz. Going to be on the show coming up next. Stay tuned. It's Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.